0: drug reactions come in many different shapes and sizes, but the most concerning are those that are serious and unexpected. In philosophy, such high-impact events that are impossible to predict are known as black swans. This expression has existed in human culture since the ancient Romans, but it was economist and statistician Nassim Nicholas Taleb who popularized it in the early 21st century. Taleb explored black swans in finance, history and technology mainly, but today we're hunting for them in drug safety, a field that is notoriously characterized by risk and uncertainty. My name is Federica Santoro and this is Drug Safety Matters, a podcast by Uppsala Monitoring Centre, where we explore current issues in pharmacovigilance and patient safety. Joining me today is François Montastruc, specialist in clinical pharmacology and pharmacovigilance at the Toulouse University Hospital in France. François has long been fascinated by Taleb's theory and its implications for drug safety. What makes an adverse drug reaction a black swan? And if they can't be predicted, how should pharmacovigilance professionals deal with them? You'll learn this and much more in the conversation that follows. I hope you enjoy listening. Hi, Francois, and welcome to Drug Safety Matters. I am especially delighted to have you on the show today because you contacted me a few months ago with an idea for the podcast. And I love it when listeners approach us with ideas for content. So... You came to me with an idea of drawing a parallel between the science of pharmacovigilance and the black swan theory, which is developed by statistician Nassim Nicholas Taleb. And I found that parallel very interesting. So here you are to tell me all about it. Now, to begin with, I have to admit I wasn't familiar with this theory, and it might be new for others in our audience. So let's start with this What is the Black Swan Theory?
1: Hi, Frederica, I'm uh, very pleased to present uh, this uh, theory. So the theory was developed by Nassim Nicolas Taleb. He's a statistician, he's a former trader, specialist in risk analysis. Taleb is very famous for his physical uh, uh, essay on her certainty called Incerto. In uh, 2007, he published uh, his book, The Black Swan, impact of highly improbable. In this book, Taleb explains the black swan event theory. So the black swan theory is a metaphor. Uh, This theory describes events that come as a surprise with a major effect and is often inappropriately rationalized after the fact. The term black swan is based off of uh, saying that presumed black swan did not exist until they were uh, discovered in Australia in 16197s. Uh, so, to resume the Taleb black swan theory, refer to statistically unexpected events of large magnitude and consequences. Talebs explained that black swan events have a dominant role in history. Black Swan events should be considered as extreme outliers that collectively play a larger role than regular occurrence. Initially, Taleb explained this Black Swan theory using example from the field of finance, but after he developed uh, this theory outside the financial market example. And I think we could uh, use this Black Swan metaphor to sink the
0: pharmacovigilance activity. Mm. And I imagine why you draw that parallel. I mean, if black swans are rare and hard to predict events, I can see where we're going with this. But why don't we spell it out for our listeners? So why do you think Taleb's theory applies so well to the world of pharmacovigilance?
1: Yeah, I think the, that talent theory applied perfectly to pharmacovigilance because it's a field of medicine that deals with the uncertainty of drug risk and rare or very rare adverse drug reactions. Sometimes these adverse drug reactions have a major impact on patients and populations exposed to drugs, and these adverse drug reactions are surprised because we were unable to calculate the probability of these rare adverse regressions reactions using the first step of drug clinical evaluations, especially clinical trials. So to illustrate the black swan theory in pharmacovigilance, I would like to present my research I did during uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, The first research I would like to speak it's about the adverse reactions reporting in clinical trials of drugs used to treat COVID-19. This research was published in the British Medical Journal of Medicine and the title is Quality of reporting of adverse events in clinical trials of COVID-19 drugs. It's a systematic review. In this research, we found three major problems in clinical trials of uh, drugs for COVID 19, the first problem was a an needed quasi and inconsistency in quality of reporting adverse events of drug usage for the treatment of COVID19 in published articles. We found that one in three studies had a very low or low quality of reporting according to the consort statement, which is the base of recommendations for clinical uh, trials. And we found also that compared with serious adverse events reported in trial summary on clinical trials, about half of serious events were not reported in published clinical trials. So this study have uh, different interpretations. One is the some publication of clinical trials underreported adverse event and therefore the safety evaluation of these drugs is affected because the assessment of benefits risk ratio of these COVID-19 drugs based on these clinical trials are not precise. This study finally, highlights the limitation of clinical trials for accessing adverse drug reactions and particularly in time of emergency such as the COVID-19 pandemics. So we understand the role of pharmacovigilance to identify adverse dog reactions that have not been identified in clinical trials, some of which were black swan events.
0: So obviously, if adverse events go underreported in clinical trials, then that makes life more difficult for those of us who work in the post-marketing phase, because if we're lacking that information, then that might delay the identification of adverse events once the drug is is out there. But uh, why don't we give the audience some concrete examples? What is a good example of a black swan event for you?
1: Yeah, the good example of black swan event in pharmacovigilance during the COVID-19 pandemic are the cases of thrombosis and thrombocytopenia with the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccines. In fact, this adverse drug reaction was a surprise for the pharmacovigilance system and specialists. It was an unexpected event, and it was not detected in clinical trials. A second, these adverse drug reactions had major effects on patients because it was a very serious adverse drug reactions. And sometimes patients uh, die after these adverse drug reactions. And it was also major effect on the vaccination strategy. For example, in France, the AstraZeneca vaccine was no longer used in uh, young people after the first report of uh, these uh, adverse drug reactions uh, and finally after uh, the identification of these adverse drug reactions the adverse drug reaction was better understood in particular its mechanism of actions people at risk and its clinical management for these adverse drug reactions i took part in two publications firstly on the first French case reported to the French Pharmacovigilance Network, which was used to better understand the adverse reactions. And other publications outlined the importance of rapid and widespread communications of these black swan events or serious adverse reactions at national, but better at the international level, between pharmacovisions specialists And other clinicians.
0: And we will link to all those publications in the show notes so people can go read in more detail if they're interested. Um, But okay, so if we say that a black swan event is a rare and unpredictable event like the thrombosis and thrombocytopenia syndrome with the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine. Where does that leave us then with the white swans, which presumably represent the majority of adverse events that are identified in PV? Could you give me some examples of those and what makes a white swan? Yeah,
1: exactly. From the black swan theory, we can use the metaphor for other clinical situations in pharmacovigilance. And uh, as you say, there are probably more white swans than uh, black swan events, Some adverse regressions are well described and could be considered as white swans. To illustrate these white swan events, I'm going to use the research I did in the worldwide pharmacovigilance database, VGBase. So we perform several pharmacovigilance studies on VGBase and the first A study I performed was at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, During the stressful period of lockdown, some patients were exposed to hydroxychloroquine. And these drugs is known to have adverse cardiac and also psychiatric effects. In the publication of the journal Drug Safety, we show that several patients experienced psychiatric effects when taking hydroxychloroquine for covid 19 these adverse regressions, reactions, these psychiatric adverse drug were sometimes very serious with society obtains of psychotic symptoms. So this is an example of white swan because it was well-known adverse regression reaction of hydroxychloroquine, but we better characterize this adverse regression reaction using pharmacovigilance data from VigiBase.
0: So you're saying there's nothing extremely new about that observation. If a drug has a pretty established safety profile, then when you use it for a new indication, you actually should expect a very similar array of adverse events.
1: Yeah, there are also white swan events with uh, new drugs when the adverse regression was already described in clinical trials. During the COVID-19 pandemic, it was the case of remdesivir, which was a new drugs where in a clinical trial, they describe hepatic uh, adverse effects. And uh, we perform after the, the first use of these uh, drugs, we perform pharmacovigilance study to corroborate this uh, safety profile with the remdesivir.
0: Mm-hmm. So... We've described now the two extremes, so to say. So we have the rare unpredictable events on one hand, the black swans, and then we have the more predictable ones that in one way or the other have been described in trials or in the literature. And so that we should really see coming. Um, but, you know, life is rarely black and white. <laughs> So what about those in-between cases? Can we call them grey swans and what do those look like?
1: Yeah, this is the major role of pharmacovigilance system. It's about the grey swans, adverse regressions that are unexpected events because they were not reported in clinical trials because clinical trials have limitations, as we say before. But thanks to pharmacological expertise, we can anticipate these events. This uh, expertise of uh, pharmacovision specialists is based on the different tools of pharmacology, including drug mechanism of actions, history of drugs, pharmacodynamic, pharmacokinetics, even if pharmacogenetics could help to identify Gray swans. To illustrate this example of gray swan, I would like to speak about again about remdesivir and the signal of pharmacovigilance about serious bradycardia. In fact, when these drugs was marketed, and used for COVID nineteen, we identified these drugs was the similar family of drugs of other antiviral drugs, which are called phosphoramidate drugs. And these drugs, in fact, have a history of safety in the past, uh, in clinical trials, or when they were marketed. For example, the Rendesivir was the same family of sofosbuvir, which know to induce bradycardia and severe bradycardia when we is associated with amiodarone. So we were um, expected that remdesivir could induce serious bradycardia. And uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, only two months after the remdesivir was used in U.S., based on the pharmacovigilance data, especially vg data, we were unable to detect early the signal of serious bradycardia with remdesivir. And this signal was corroborate after with other uh, more robust studies. So that's an example of grey signals, which uh, could illustrate one major goal of pharmacovision uh, specialists.
0: Great. And so we've covered now the full scale of swans from black to white. Um, I'm wondering what implications would you say all of this has for drug safety experts like yourself if white and gray swans are relatively easy to predict then why can't we always protect patients from harm
1: well in fact i, I think pharmacovigilance system specialists should to focus on white gray and black swan events and pharmacovigilance specialists We have to better understand white swan events to better describe the white events because they are more common in patients and to protect uh, uh, them better. We have to also to better detect in post-marketing the gray swans which could be anticipated based on the pharmacological knowledge And that should be a priority for the signal detections in pharmacovigilance. But also the pharmacovigilance specialist and the system should be flexible because we know that sometimes black swan event with major impacts for public health and patient could emerge. And so we should be flexible. Uh, Nassim Nikola Taleb named that the anti-fragile concept to identify rapidly the black swan events and also communicate the pharmacovigilance signals at the international level to help physicians and to protect these patients. So we need a flexibility and reactivity to better protect patients about black swan events, but also a gray and white swan. In fact, uh, I think uh, we can uh, uh, use the metaphor of uh, black swan uh, theory, and we can uh, call the pharmacovigilance could be as a bird catcher, or what we say in French, the wazzler, which were a specialist to uh, catch birds in the past, So we have to to be a bird catcher, catcher of uh, adverse drug reactions. And for that, we need to use all the tools of pharmacology, especially uh, the knowledge of uh, pharmacovigilance.
0: I like that analogy. And I think it sounds way better in French than bird catcher in English. (laughs) But uh, let's expand a little bit on that then. Um, I mean, the essence of Taleb's theory is really not that you can predict black swans, because by nature they are unpredictable, but of course that you can prepare and set up systems, as you say, to be flexible and reactive so that then when the black swan event appears, you know what to do. But uh, yeah, back to the pharmacovigilance specialist as the bird catcher. Is that a skill you can teach? How do we get better at identifying and acting in response to black swans?
1: Yeah, to respond to this black swan, or even if grey and white, we have to work together. And so the pharmacovigilance specialist should to work with other actors of uh, pharmacovigilance, which are patients, health professionals, and medical doctors. For that, we need to learn pharmacovigilance to every actor around the drugs, especially medical doctors. And for that, during the COVID-19 pandemics, I developed a method to teach pharmacovigilance to French medical uh, students. This method was simulations of uh, medical consultations between uh, one student which play the role of uh, patients and another student or two other students which play the role of doctors. And uh, these students should uh, learn how we uh, ask questions to detect adverse regressions. We use some example of uh, adverse regressions induced by vaccine, COVID-19 vaccines. And uh, this experience was very uh, well received by uh, French students. Because they for the first time during the medical uh, learning, uh, they try to understand what are the skills to identify adverse drug reactions and also report to the pharmacovision systems. I exposed the method and what we did with a French medical student in a publications recently published in the journal Therapies.
0: Interesting. So we can link to that in the show notes as well. And uh, for those who are interested, I can also recommend a few episodes from the Drug Safety Matters Archive on teaching pharmacovigilance to healthcare professionals, but also an episode from the very first year of the podcast on intuition and in pharmacovigilance and learning to harness that skill to detect events sooner. So I can highly recommend listening to those if you're curious. Well, thanks, Francois. I think I'll conclude with one final question. You've mentioned now collaboration several times and the need to communicate better among different uh, types of professionals. This seems to be a recurring theme in your work. I couldn't help noticing when I was preparing for this interview that you did a lot of work with other regional pharmacovigilance centres during the pandemic. That was sort of the hallmark of the French strategy in response to the pandemic and the introduction of the COVID vaccines. But also there's one publication you released shortly after the thrombosis and thrombocytopenia syndrome was linked to the AstraZeneca vaccine, where you advocated for Clinicians to share information faster and better when these really serious and life threatening adverse events emerge. And there you suggested that pharmacovigilance centers could play a crucial role. So, my question is, what did all of that, the pandemic, the response to the vaccination campaigns, teach you really about how different professions can come together and how you can harness collaboration best for the safety of patients.
1: Well, I think the experience of COVID-19 pandemic at different level of uh, pharmacology, but especially in pharmacovigilance, call to uh, better communications in a network of specialists of drugs and uh, between uh, medical doctors because we need to share rapidly the informations about drug safety, to better characterize the signals and also to have a better treatment for patients when they have serious adverse drug reactions. So I think better communications among the network of pharmacovigilance at the regional, national, but also at the international level should improve the knowledge of drugs and to improve the flexibility against the black swan event. So we have to work together and with a global view should improve the pharmacovigilance and protect the patients.
0: Well, thank you. Obviously, as advocates of an international programme for drug monitoring here at Uppsala Monitoring Centre, we couldn't agree more on the value of global collaboration. Thank you very much for your time, Francois, and I hope our listeners will find this inspiring and will try to become better bird catchers. (laughs)
1: Thank you, Frederica. Thank you, everybody.
0: That's all for now, but we'll be back soon with more conversations on medicine safety. If you'd like to know more about the black swan theory and Françoise's research, check out the episode's show notes for useful links. If you like our podcast, subscribe to it in your favorite player so you won't miss an episode. And spread the word on social media so other listeners can find us. Apart from these in-depth conversations with experts, we host a series called Uppsala Reports Long Reads a selection of audio stories from UMC's Pharmacovigilance news site. So do check that out too. Uppsala Monitoring Centre is on Facebook, LinkedIn and X, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us comments or suggestions for the show, or send in questions for our guests next time we open up for that. For Drug Safety Matters, I'm Federica Santoro. I'd like to thank François Montastruc for his time, Matthew Barwick for post-production support. And of course, you for tuning in. Till next time.